Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Listen, we're starting a series on faith. And uh, everybody say faith. I got it. You have faith, and we're going to teach you all that and show you that. And we're going to break it down because faith is just so much more than, hey, what faith are you? Well, I'm, I'm Baptist. What faith are you? Well, oh, we're Methodists here. Or, or we're Presbyterian. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Bible faith. We're talking of faith is an impartation given you by God. How many of you know that faith is, is a fruit of the Spirit and faith is a gift of the Spirit? Okay? So, so if you've been given by the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness, but faith is in there. So God has imparted to you faith, faith. When you got saved, and we'll get into it a little deeper, you received faith. Matter of fact, it was faith that got you saved. So why, why, why? So the name the title of this is What is Faith? Uh, if you want to write this down, I added two more scriptures to, to, the, to, to Leslie. But Ephesians 2.8, it says, for by grace are you saved. By grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of God is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believes or has faith in him will have eternal life. It's what he did, not what you do. Your part is to believe and to be a receiver of what God has given. Faith receives. Faith does not work for it. We're going to talk about works too. But faith does not work for it. Faith receives. The works part is walking in it. Amen, amen. And so Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. I want to please God. God has given you faith to walk in to be pleasing to him. I, I can account times as a father, as a dad, when, my, when I came home and the kids, without telling them they had the house clean, dishes washed, and my jaw just, wow, I was pleased. I didn't have to tell them. They just did it. God is so pleased when you walk in faith. He's pleased by you living in faith. Amen? You can please the Father by faith. That's not talking about God loves you, period. I love my kids, period. They're my kids, whether they're in jail, whether they're living for God or not, whether they do right, whatever, they're my kids. You with me? God loves you. There's no denying it. You need to get a hold of that. God is for you. But you have to live by faith. He's given you faith to live by. So Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, and I'm reading it in the Amplified. I put it up here. So if you look at the Amplified with me on the screen, it says, Now faith is the, uh, King James says, substance. That's hard to kind of understand. But it's the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation. Faith is, that's mine. That's mine. Assurance. How about confidence that what God said he would do? Confidence. God, it's confirmation. God confirms things. If you ever wonder, is the Lord speaking to you or is the Lord guiding you? Then start looking for confirmation. 
I've gotten crazy confirmation from a TV commercial before. I'm watching the TV commercial, and the Holy Spirit said, that's exactly what I want you to say Sunday. That's what I put in your heart. And I'm like, but I never thought about it like that. But it's a different way of thinking. But you know people spend millions of dollars on commercials to reach you? And now you've got the Holy Spirit, and he'll help you and show you. He'll help me to reach you, but he'll help you to reach others. Confirmation, the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. Woo. You you ever met a skeptic? How about Christians that are skeptical of the things of God? Well, the Bible calls them being immature. You know, the New Testament says for us to be perfect. (laughs) When it can't be perfect, what it means is be mature. And I don't care if you're 70 years old. You may not be mature in the Lord. Judge yourself as we talk about faith, where you're at. God will have you bypass some grades. You ever talk to kids? Hey, what grade are you in? Well, I'm in the second grade, but I'm supposed to be in third grade. Mama, they helped me back. No, you're supposed to be in the second grade because that's where your level of faith is at. Or your understanding. Don't be ashamed if you're in the second grade of faith. You can talk like a high schooler, but that don't make you in high school. It's your actions and what you can receive. What can you believe? That's the test. The testing of our faith is the enemy's after you. The world's after you. The world puts doubt in you. But I want us to grow up in faith. F-A-I-T-H. Faith. And not self-centered faith. Faith for not only ourselves but others as well. So we can get on our feet and then we can be a blessing to others. Amen? So number one, you have faith. Learn to develop it. Let's take a commercial break. Well, Daniel, you remember we started off with Psalms 103? Can you put that up there for me? We're going to just take a sidetrack here. Psalms 103, 1 through 5 is the Old Testament. I'm trying to help you. The Old Testament is to show you Jesus. Don't read it for any other thing but to show us Jesus. Psalms 103, 1 through 5 say, praise the Lord, O my soul. We started this off. So set your heart to praise God every time you come to service. And the next part is, all that is within me, praise his holy name. That's straight out of the Old Testament scripture. Psalms 103.2 says, praise the Lord, O my soul, again. He's trying to get something in you. If the Holy Spirit says it twice, pay attention, right? And then it says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Again, that's an Old Testament scripture, but I changed it because this is what Jesus did. It's talking about our redemption. When Jesus went to the cross, he redeemed us from not just sin, but everything. And so it says, who, in the Old Testament, it says, who forgives our sins? Next verse, who forgives our sins? Well, who forgives our sins? We know Jesus does. This is showing Jesus. That's why people have questioned me. Visitors come in and say, why did you change that? Because we're trying to bring it, make it real. Jesus is our Redeemer. He redeemed us from sin. Psalms 103, 4, the next part of that scripture, 
He forgives our sins. He heals our diseases. That's Isaiah 53, 2 Peter 2, 24, Matthew 8, 17. And we see Jesus going about healing. Why don't that happen today? F-A-I-T-H. Okay. The next verse, see why I put Jesus redeems our life. He's our protection. The blood of Jesus protects us. You ought to get up every day. Well, I'm getting better, and the blood of Jesus is going to protect me today. Psalms 103, 4, and then he crowns me with love and compassion. Everything works by love. God is love. God is love. And faith works by love. Amen? So, so that's why we started off the next part. And he satisfies our desires with good things. The Word of God is full of good things for you. This is where the cow eats the cabbage. You got to be a partaker of the good things of God. You got to dig them out. I've got to, I'm going to tape a $100 bill under the chair, or one chair in here, and have y'all get up and find it. Look at him. Are you looking for the Word of God? Are you looking for the treasure that's in the Word of God like that? Or you don't read the Word of God? Listen to somebody preach to you, get in the Word, and look for treasures, and the Holy Spirit will show them to you. We just don't read the Old Testament and just, oh, this one beget that one, and George beget Huey, and Huey beget Freddie, and Freddie beget Cynthia, and and Tommy, and, and George, and, and his nine. No, no, no. That's the lineage of Jesus. There's a purpose there to show you Jesus and where he came from. But there's a purpose. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they all show us Jesus. Joseph shows us Jesus. David, Jesus is still called the son of David. David shows us Jesus. He's the king. And so when faith is the substance of things hoped for, uh, or, or let's look in Romans 12, 1 through 3. You have faith, learn to develop it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Verse 3, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone that is among you, every one of us that is among us, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly, get your feet on the ground. God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. You have faith. Say, I have faith. I believe God. I trust Jesus. And I rely on the Holy Spirit. Let's back up to verse 1. For this I say through the grace given to me. To, uh, I'm sorry. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. No, stay on verse 1. I'm sorry. I messed up. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable. God. You don't know me, Pastor Brett. I, I struggle. I struggle, Pastor Brett. You don't know. I, I'm not holy. I don't know if I can be holy. I, I don't know about that. I, 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 I don't think I can be acceptable to God, Pastor Brett. I can't, I can't. You know how I get that every day from different people? That they're not, they don't think they can be acceptable? Faith. You have to take the word of God that you are acceptable to God by F-A-I-T-H, faith. I'm acceptable to God. You got to get real with it. If somebody come up and called your kid a stupid head, are you going to kind of, oh, I guess we guess he is. No, you're not, mama. The bear going to come out in you. 
But guess what, mama? It ought not affect your kid because you ought to be telling them, you know what, you're a child of God. You're bought by the blood of Jesus. You are smart. You're an overcomer. You're greater. And when somebody calls them a stupid head, they ought to go, nope, not me. I'm a child of God. See, see, the place we've got to get to that we're the children of God no matter what. Don't matter what storm. If my house burns down, I'm still a child of God. If my wife leaves me, I'm still a child of God. If I die, I'm still a child of God. Doesn't matter what somebody says to me. I'm not living. You know, somebody asked me, how, how, can, you, how can you smile when you know there's people stabbing you in the back? Because the people who were talking to him were stabbing me in the back. I said, because they don't determine who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm not a pastor. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. You have got to settle this by faith that I'm an overcomer. I'm a child of God. I'm giving you scriptures when I say that you're an overcomer. That's a scripture. Quit using Google for everything else. Google overcomer in the Bible. Trying to help you. Download a Bible app. And, and I, I Google grace and faith, and it's 36 times. For uh, grace are you saved through faith. Not that particular, but grace and faith are in scriptures together. The grace of God, it's unmerited favor. It's the favor of God that God wants you saved. He wants you delivered. He wants you to grow up in maturity by faith. The next verse, in verse 2, it says, and this is the ugly one right here, but not be conformed to this world because the world will tell you you can never get ahead. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't even have a high school diploma. You can't even put your shoes on right. The world will tell you that you're ugly. The world will tell you that it don't matter if you're ugly or not. You're still a child of God. Thank God we don't all look alike. God loves variety. Amen. And we're not robots. He gave you a personality, not an evil one, but a good one, a personality that will draw people to you, to the kingdom of God. Do you know what? We don't, why, why ain't there 5,000 people here? Because not everybody likes me. And I'm okay with that. But there are the ones that I'm called to reach, and there are more coming. That's who we're called to reach, and you're called to reach them. We're called to reach this community, and your personality is a part of it. If you don't have, listen, you, we're not ruled by our personality or our emotions. We're ruled by the Word of God. But without emotions, I've already taught this, well, you can't even order off a menu if you have no emotions. What do you want? Mm, what's good? But notice how if your emotion gets involved, I want the breadsticks, I want the pasta, I want the steak, I want, I want the ice cream and the, the peach cobbler. Your emotions get involved and you can't eat all of that. That's your emotions. Emotions are good but they don't rule you. If they rule you, then they're bad. But God is an emotional God. And God has made you to live by emotions, but your emotions are to fire you up for God. Instead of getting down and out and, and, and all that, you, you need to be fired up to serve God because he's the greater one. Amen? Got me excited here. I done folded up my notes. Romans 10, 13 through 17. This is... Is he's the father of faith. This is Abraham. Abraham believed God for 20 years for a son. Started at 70. That's impossible. No, with God, all things are possible. He was almost 100 and his wife was 90. And she laughed in unbelief. Ha, <laughs> ha, he's crazy. 
She had to get in faith. So let's look at Abraham. I'm sorry. I I'm, I'm I got ahead of myself. I'm talking about Abraham. This is how you get saved in Romans 10. Same, but, but it's the same principle. Abraham used faith. Who calls those things was be not as though they were. When you accept Jesus Christ, you're calling yourself who's not saved, saved. What's the difference? On the inside. It's on the inside. Abraham changed on the inside. How could he have by faith? He changed on the inside. God created faith on the inside of him. He thought, I'm a father of many nations. Where's your kids at, Jack? I ain't got any. People say, you crazy. But he knew who he was on the inside. Who are you on the inside? So whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14. But how then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? See, hearing, you got to hear something. You got to read something and hear something. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Say, I'm a preacher. You're a preacher. You're living it. You're living it, preacher. You're talking it, preacher. Verse 16, uh, how shall they preach unless they are sent? Uh, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. How about live the gospel? They bring glad tidings of good things. Most of the people that imparted to me were not preachers. They were people who I watched their life and how they lived it for God, how they raised their kids, how they conducted business. They were preaching to me. And I said, I want to be one of them. I want to be like that. I want to be like that. I want to live like that. See, those people changed me. The devil would say, well, you know, you're, not, you're, not, you're an idiot. God doesn't play with you. You know what you did. You live, you're not living for him. But I looked at those people and said, that's who I want to be like. And I started going into the word, looking how they lived, and I want to be like that. And that's what the Bible says in Hebrews 11, that these great cloud of witnesses, all these people that died in faith, that live the God kind of faith. Look what it says in uh, uh, verse 16. And how, uh, but they have not obeyed, all obeyed the gospel. Isaiah says, the Lord who has believed our report. Do you know that the 500 people saw Jesus ascend up into heaven? If you saw Jesus ascend up into heaven, wouldn't that move you? But only 120 went to Jerusalem. That means you can be moved by the world. Faith's a living and breathing thing on the inside of you. You can let the world move you. You can, let, you can see a miracle and not believe it. You can see a miracle one moment and then turn and forget what you saw. That's why you have to stay focused in the Word. Stay focused on the Spirit. Stay focused on believing for the greater. Because I'm telling you, you know what the devil's after? Your faith. F-A-I-T-H. He's after the word that's in your heart. If he can talk you out of believing the word that's in your heart, he's got you. Your whole countenance falls. Can't ever get ahead. I'm sick again. Can't pay our bills again. God wants to take you to the next level. That's what this faith's about. So, but they, they have not obeyed. In verse, verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing. There's it is again, hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing and hearing. My wife's a school teacher. Taught fifth grade English for sixth grade English. She said, you have to hear it five times 
before you get it. Hear it, write it, say it. Hear it, write it, say it. Hear it, write it, say it. Same way with faith. Hearing and hearing and hearing. Faith is about you believing God. What do you, what do you, what do you believe for? Well, I don't know, Pastor. Okay. We're going to get to that. So in, verse, in number two, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I want to go back to, to Hebrews, and we're teaching a little bit today, 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Remember in the Amplified, it says, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their senses. Hmm. It's a divine guarantee. Hope for. Peter said it like this. By these precious promises, you might be a partaker of the divine nature. What promises? The promises that are in the Word of God. The promises. What promise are you standing on? If I called you out and said, stand up and tell me a promise you're standing on, you got one? You need to be working on that. What are you standing on today? I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I told a story about this, this, this girl's a singer, and she's in a group, and they're, they're very, very talented. But she grew up, and her parents taught her to answer the phone, I believe God. Whatever the person says on the other end, she's to say, I believe God. And they'd call home just to test her. I believe God. What are they doing? They're imparting in her to believe God no matter what. No matter what. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me read it one more time. From the Amplified, it's the assurance, the confidence that what God said he can do, that what God said he can perform, it's the title deed of things hoped for, things that are divinely guaranteed. There's some black and white things in the Bible, things that you're supposed to do and things you're not supposed to do. There are some things that you're supposed to believe for, but how about the gray areas? This is where people get off. I'm believing God for an airplane so I can fly anywhere I want to fly. For me to believe God for an airplane, I'm not ready. I cannot fly it. My wife, I said, if I took flying lessons, would you fly? She said, no, so I'd be going by myself. <laughs> but do you know what it costs to put an airplane in a hangar? If somebody gave me one, now I've got to pay for that rascal to be in a hangar every month. Do you know what it costs for a mechanic to, to check out the airplane? And you've got to know how to check out that airplane as well. I'm going to need training if that's what. God hadn't put me on to believe for an airplane, but you see people get off. Friend of mine, quick, quick story. He retired. He says, I'm getting me one of them Nissan Z cars. And because uh, he got a big, you know, retirement bonus, got his retirement. And Lord, if he's here, he'd probably kick me, but he'd laugh too. And he had this little Z car, and he said, Man, I am NASCAR Willie. Man, he's zipping around town and just enjoying that little Z car. I don't know. I'm just calling a Z car Z240, 280, what Z or whatever they are now, 300 ZX or. 
Lo and behold, he had it for about a month and a half, and he had a flat. He gets to the tire shop, $400 for one tire. And do you want the uh, nitrogen in it, or do you want, not nitrogen, but the helium in it? And he said, that's another 75 What? I wore my truck. He went and traded that rascal off and got him a pickup truck. He bit off more than what he wanted. This is the Bible says to count the cost. What do you believe? Get to the Word and believe God for your salvation. Believe God that you're the light of the world. Believe God who you are in Christ, that you're an overcomer, that you're more than a conqueror, that greater is he that's in you. And then, you know what? The Bible says seek first the kingdom of heaven and things will come. Yeah, God does have you specifically. We'll get to that. But you start using your faith on who you are. Get rid of all those things that just, I'm not good enough. I could never witness. Yes, you can. You're witnessing every day by how you live. When you throw a hissy fit, that's your witness. Hmm. People wonder. Okay. You better pray. You better repent to them. Man, I've repented to my kids for throwing a hissy fit. I'm not beyond it. You know who can make you throw a hissy fit? It's the ones closest to you. Your kids, your spouse. They can make you a ha. Ah. You know? Frustrating. I'm being real. Let's be real. There are things that are going to frustrate you in life, but you have got to learn to realize, to look in the mirror of the Word, to know who you are. You know, I'm not supposed to live like that. Anger? Chill. Chill. Number three. Now faith is. Now. What does that mean now? Now, now. Now faith is. We read it again, Hebrews Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now. That means it needs to be fresh. You've got to keep it fresh. If I made you a tuna fish sandwich and set it on the bar back there in the, in the entry on Wednesday, would you eat it on Sunday? Well, Jesus said you either be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I spew you out of my mouth. What he's talking about is stay fresh with me. Stay fresh with me. Stay every day. Talk about your faith to God. Talk about your strength in God. Now faith is now, right now. Not yet, oh, you know, I remember the Lord did that. It's good to go back and remember what the Lord has did, but it should be building you up now. Now, now, now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for now. You know, we're going to a place called there. Heaven, I haven't arrived yet, but it's in here. This place is not my home. My home is there. But I cannot receive that. That's called, that's called the blessed hope. That's a hope you can't receive until you pass from this life to the next. When I die, man, I can't dance, but I'm going to have some kind of dance when I skip down through heaven. I'm here. Glory. Be joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's in me. You can't take it away from me. You didn't give it to me. And you can't take it away. That's my faith, I know, and it, you know what? It bubbles up in me every now and then. It, it bubbles up. I sing about heaven. I sing about heaven all the time. I'm going there, but you know what? I need heaven on earth. I need heaven right now. 
I need it now. We need heaven when we come together. We need heaven to be manifest. So let's go to number four. The word is truth. The word is truth. What does that mean? John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's talking about Jesus. And, and verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. That's a he. The Word is he. Still talking about Jesus. Verse 3, all things were made through him, Jesus, and without him nothing was made that was made. Now, if you go back and read Genesis 1, 1, and God said, he said, Jesus, let there be light. He said, let there be an atmosphere. Let there be waters. Let them separate. Let there be stars. Let there be a moon. Let there be a sun. Let there be animals. Let there be grass. And, and, and he goes on, and he created man. But he did it with the words of his mouth, Jesus. In verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus became flesh. Now, John 17, 17. Jesus is praying over you and me, his disciples, but we can take it too. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Now, here's this is this is it. We're gonna just talk about this a minute because we got to deal with truths. There's different truths. How many of you know if you go to certain colleges, well, the truth is what you perceive it to be? Eh, wrong answer. The truth is the word of God. But how many of you know that there are things in this earth that are contrary to the truth of the word of God? Nod your head with me. Somebody killing somebody at the 7-Eleven is contrary to the word of God, for God is life. So we see that there is another truth that's happening and operating in the earth, and it's called the curse. There's a curse in the earth because of sin. And people are given over to sin. That's how come they kill, steal, and destroy. They're operating in the, with, through the father of the devil. Jesus said, John 10.10, 10, I've come to give life. That's the truth. And life more abundantly. But he said, the truth is, the thief comes also to kill, steal, and destroy. So if it's killing you or, de or destroying you, then it's not God. That's easy to judge. We judge the truth. Jesus said, learn to judge the truth. All the evil that's happening in the world is not God. The Bible says, for this reason was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hey, and if he lives in you and me, then we should be going against the works of the devil. That's why we do what we do. We have divorce care. We have marriage on the rock because 50% of marriages are failing. We've got, uh, we start a recovery group in the middle of May because we want to help people come out of what the devil's put them in for whatever reason. We want them to be free. Amen? And we're believing God for a greater anointing of the presence of God to set people free. And so his word is truth. Here's the truth, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, how come he's not doing what he did? He does. He wants to use you and me, and we just haven't woken up to it. We got to wake up. The Spirit of God's on you and on me. We got to start believing for the greater. 
for the more. There is story after story after story of what Jesus did, and I can take you to story after story of what he's doing today, but we don't hear it on TV. And, and you know what? When we hear stuff like that, we're, our, listen to me, watching TV shows has set us to doubt everything. I like Star Trek, you know. But you know what? Wait a minute. That show depicts that Jesus never comes back. Huh? That man's going to get better on their own and live out the eternity just on their own with problems and cares and worries. It's not true. And then you see all this supernatural junk on TV. You got this ghost story and that ghost story and ghost brothers and ghost mamas and whatever, ghost this and that and the other. They're, they're chasing demons, y'all. Let's just be real about it. And so, and so you see all that and you see stuff manifest. And because you've watched Freddy and Jason and all these kind of scary movies, you doubt that's real. Because you know what? They, they make stuff happen on TV. We know it. I mean, whatever you're watching... I don't care if it's a reality show. They said, say this next time. Let's refilm that, and I want you to say it this way. And then you act like you're really mad. That's called production. And it brings doubt and unbelief of what can we see, can we really believe. Well, we're not supposed to see, believe, and be operating by what we see, but what's in our spirit. Faith is on the inside of us, and it's the evidence of the things, that even supernatural things that aren't natural to our mind or to our seeing. So that means God's trying to take you to the next level. He's not the enemy. Quit blaming him. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And we have to start somewhere. So start with, you know what, today I'm getting better. Today I'm going to live better. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to have the peace of God. I am not going to worry anymore. I cease to worry. See, and I'm going to use my faith. you got to start somewhere. How about Googling? promises that will help you overcome worry. This is what we're talking about. Worry is an enemy. It's come to steal your peace. So so the word is truth. Now I wrote something down. Well let me let me read Matthew 13:58. And we dealt with this last Sunday or Sunday before. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Jesus went to their own hometown. And they said, that's Joseph's son. We know who you are. You ain't no Savior. You can't do miracles here. We don't believe in you. Therefore, he could not do miracles because of unbelief. And we're talking about faith, so we're going to have to dive into unbelief. But listen to this. The Word of God is the highest truth. But the curse has produced. How many know the curse has produced? And it is a lie that's manifested. It's a lie that's manifested. It's a lie believed and operated. Do you know I've met people who said, well, there's no hope for me. That's why I've been to the jail. I've been to places. I've been in a sane asylum and talked to people. And I, well, there's no hope for me. That's why I, I'm, I'm going to hell anyway. I might as well, I'm just going to, that's why I robbed that store. 
Paul even said, if it wasn't, if this is not true, then we're wasting our time. But he goes, this stuff's true. I've received from it, I've heard it, and it's truth. This is the truth. Just because the lie, people believe a lie and operate, you know, that's why you start dealing with somebody drinking. Ain't no hope for me. That's why I just drink all the time. No hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The Word of God is the truth that should bring hope to your heart. Look for the Word for hope, not to beat yourself up. The Holy Spirit will convict you. You don't need me to guide you every day of your life. No, that's the Holy Spirit's job. He'll tell you, whoop, don't do that. Hold up. Don't say that. Don't say that yet. They're not ready. Jesus said, there's many things I, w- I would like to say to you, but you're not ready to receive it. That, you need to be listening to that. How many of you ever been choked by somebody with the word? I mean, had you on the ground. But I'm like, putting a word, you know, that the letter of the law killeth. But the Spirit brings life. You want to make sure you're bringing life if you're going to talk to somebody about the Word. The Word of God is the truth, and we judge everything. Jesus said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth. How many of y'all on the earth? Let that be revelation. Those are not raising your hand. You're living on planet earth. Okay? And you're to call down the will of God from heaven to the earth. I want the will of God in my life. And I'm, while I'm living on the earth, I need the will of God. I call the will of God into my life. Holy Spirit, direct my steps. You know what? He'll tell you things. Uh, somebody uh, said that they got to witness into somebody just a couple of weeks ago. They got filled with the Spirit of God and just decided, and they took somebody to lunch at work, and they started sharing with them and sharing with them about God. And they, they don't know a whole lot of Scriptures, but it didn't matter. They got back to their office, and a Scripture kept coming to their mind. And they finally had to Google it. Ain't nothing wrong with Googling. They Googled the Word of God, and it was exactly what they told that person. It was a Scripture to back it up to confirm there's many times that the Lord's had me to say things, and I'm like, I hope that's right. And then I find it in the Word, and I knew that was right. I knew that was God. It's called confirmation. The Word is truth. The Spirit of God brings the truth. He's the teacher of truth. Let Him help you. So His Word's truth. And so five, we need to believe and receive. We need to believe the Word and receive. Believe the Word and receive. So, so, so just like, so get this, if the curse has produced in your life or other people's lives, you know, sometimes you can do things to cause stuff to come on you. Sometimes it's just the curse is in the earth. I, I don't call cold or flu to me. You know, some people do. Well, it's flu season. Oh, uh, they're watching the corner. Well, it's flu season. I'm going to get my flu shot. You better get ready. You're going to get the flu this year. They're calling it on you. That's faith in the negative. That's faith in the curse. But, you know, people get their catcher. Yeah, well, they're going to get I'm just waiting until I get it. You know, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. In the negative. How about turning and say what the Word of God, that I walk in the health of God. That, that, that laughter is a good medicine, so I'm going to take the joy of the Lord. And he's going to be my strength. He's my shield. 
He's the glory and the lifter of my head when I feel down. I'm going to take a, 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 a gospel for what I am feeling or dealing with. Because I don't feel good today. That's Charles Caps came up with that, not me. But take gospels for what you need. Don't, you know, quit taking Advil and take a gospel. So, so listen, if, if the negative will produce in your life, how much more does the will of the Word of God? Faith will manifest the truth in your life. If you'll start walking towards it and living towards it, you may not be in it totally and completely, but it's, you need to be heading towards it. Paul said, I run the race that's set before me. Listen, Mark 11, 22 through 24. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, or another translation, have the God kind of faith. You've got faith. It's not that you got a, you got a, it's not in you, you haven't developed it. Have the God kind of faith. That means it's now. That means it's living and breathing and it's working in you. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. What they just saw was something impossible happen. Now, I've said this and said this. Jesus spoke to a tree and he cursed it. And he didn't say, you blankety blank blank tree, you know. He said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter. That means he told the tree to die. Now, you got to take it in context this is the last week Jesus is on the earth, and he knows it. So he's teaching the power of faith and the power of words. And you know what? There are some things that have been imparted to people, imparted to you and me, like you're stupid, you're no good, you'll never make it. You need to break that. Jesus says right here, have the God kind of faith. And the next verse says, for surely I say to you that whosoever says to this mountain, what the mountain? I'm stupid. I can't ever get ahead. I'm not smart enough. That's a mountain for some people. I'm no good. My daddy told me I was no good. That's a mountain for some people. Sickness and disease can be a mountain. Debt can be a mountain. And Jesus said, whoever says to the mountain, be, how about cancer being a mountain? You need to break that yoke. Be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Hold it, leave it right there, Daniel, for me. This is how you got saved. Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you can be saved. The Holy Spirit is sitting in this room. He came with you, Christian. And if you're not a believer today, if you don't know Jesus Christ and Lord, he's talking to you. And he's talking to you that you need to accept Jesus, that you need to give him your heart. And he's talking to you, and the Word of God is working in your life. Or As I'm preaching along, the Word's stirring up in you. And as I'm preaching for the believers, he's stirring up things that you have laid aside that you haven't been praying about and believing God for. That's how the Holy Spirit works. And so when you say that you want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord, you're removing unbelief and accepting that you can be a child of God. You're breaking the yoke that the enemy has over your life, that I'm no good, that I'm not good enough. You're breaking that mountain, that yoke. Jesus said, put my yoke upon you. It's easy and it's light. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm going to help you. I'm going to pull you up. 
He came as a man to live as a man to help men in their problems and their troubles. And so he said, speak to the mountain, be thou removed, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you say, and he will have whatever he says. That's powerful. But here's the key. We got to study it out. You got to know that you know that you know that the Word of God's got your back. You got to know that you know that the Word, what the Word says. I know if I, I know that I know if I put the right key in that vehicle, I can crank your vehicle, and I know how to drive it. I don't care if it's a stick shift. I don't care if it's an automatic. I know how to release the the brake. I I have skills. I have driven for many years now. Are you with me? But also, I know how to use the Word of God. And I have skills to believe God. It's in me to know and want to believe God. You've got to know the Word of God. If you're defeated in an area, go and get into the Word and get into the Word and get into the Word and study the Word and study the Word. The Bible says to study to show yourself approved. And go back to my wife teaching English. I can pick out a noun in a sentence. I can pick out the verb in a sentence. And I hadn't, I wouldn't ever been in her class. And the way I talk is the way my English teacher talks. So get off my back about it, wife. <laughs> Every time I say something that's not correct English, she kind of cringes. But she says correct English. It's still got a big country twang on it, though. It doesn't matter what, how I say it. It's what's in my heart. It's what's in my heart. God understands your heart. God is after your heart, and what you, in your heart's where you believe, not this, not that heart. It's talking about your spirit. In your spirit, you know who you are. You know what you believe. And guess what? It may take it a minute or two, but or a day or two, but you can receive it because you believe it. And it doesn't matter if man approves you or not. It's what God said. It's what God, I mean, David operated in what God said to him. You're going to be king. You're going to be king. And he could have took it by his own hand many times, but he did not. He waited on God. So let's look at verse 24. Therefore I say that whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's powerful, but here's the key. Praying and knowing that the Word of God backs up what you're asking for. That's great. I have great confidence that God said can do what He said. And if I begin to say what He said, I've got great confidence in God. Then it's off me. You ever met somebody trying to make it happen themselves? They work their fingers to the bone. But you know what? I can just, well, you know what? I've asked. i got to get ready. When instead of not, instead of not, oh, God, I need you to come. No, I need to start getting ready for it. That's faith. So let's go to act number six, act. Act on the word by faith. Daniel, put up Luke 6, 46. It should be there in 47. Jesus said, if a man will hear these words of mine and be a doer, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you what he's like. Let's leave it right there. Look at this. This is a key. This, this, this was a scripture I was supposed to read earlier, but I moved it to here. Whoever comes to me, hears my word and does it. 
How, how, how do I do righteousness? When the word says that I'm the righteousness of God, it means I have right standing with God. Have you ever, you ever been afraid, like, if, uh, uh, they, if they called you to go to the uh, White House to meet the president, wouldn't that be intimidating? I don't care if you like him or not. Just going in with the CIA doing a background check on you and, you know, and doing that's intimidating, you know. But guess what? Doesn't matter. I know who I am. He puts his boots on just like I do. Or his shoes, one foot at a time. He combs his hair. <laughs> I'm just trying to be funny, but he does. But I comb what little I got left too. It doesn't matter. I know who I am. And yeah, it might be intimidating, but I still can stand before him face to face because I'm a child of God. Righteousness means I can stand face to face to Jesus and not be ashamed because his blood has washed me. That's, that takes faith to say that. I couldn't have always said that. But I have found out who I am, and I'm trying to teach you who you are, that you can stand face to face. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. And there are times I've come and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to say, but mercy. I'm coming for mercy. I need grace and time of help. Because I get overcome just like everybody else, but I know who to go to. And I can stand face to face, even when I say, Lord, I did it and I'm stupid. Help me. Clean it up. You know, my kids have messed up. I've cleaned up blood, throw up, you know, when poop, everything else. I changed diapers. I've cleaned up their room. I've washed their clothes. You know what? God will help you do the same thing. He'll help clean you up and make you a better man or woman of God. And you can stand and ask for help. Look, look what it says. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he's like. What's he like? Here it is. Next verse. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat horribly, vehemently, is that a, that's not a Virginia word there. Uh, uh, vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock, Jesus. That's why I said I don't care if my house burns down. I don't care if my wife leaves me. I don't care what happens. I'm still a child of God. Because it didn't say the storm wouldn't come when you became a child of God. It said the storm's going to come. The devil's going to bring a storm to test your metal. Huh? He did with Jesus. They, they wanted to kill him several times. Paul was beaten, stoned. Oh, man, that's why it says count the cost. I don't want that kind of cost. Oh, man, but you know what? You make God, Jesus stand up for you. You'll get his attention. And so, and so it was founded on the rock. So let's go to James 1.22 to act on the word. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. How do you start becoming a doer of the word? You've got to start praying it, saying it, speaking it. And I'm going to show you how to act on it in just a minute. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it with all your might, with all your heart. Keep it before you, in your mouth. 
How many of you say every day, well, that's a, man, if, today's like Monday. Monday, Monday, and I, I got to go to work, got to go, oh, I hate this job. Got to change. That's not faith. That's not what an overcomer says. So be doers of the word, not hearers only. If you don't do it, then you're deceiving yourself. In James 2, 17 through 19, he says some more about it. James said, that's also faith itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Because you can say you love somebody and you can love them and love them and love them, but until you do something about it, huh? Action. Next verse. But someone say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. The works that I do, because I love God. I'm not trying to get to heaven. I'm a child of God. And the best illustration I always use is like, man, I go to my mama's house. I love her. But you know what? I fixed the leaky sink. I've nailed on shingles for her. I've shampooed the carpet for Why? Not because I'm trying to earn sonship. I'm already her son. I do it because I love her. And everything that I do, I do for God because I love God. And he loves me. And he's called me to love my neighbor as myself. He's called me to action, to action, to minister, to love people, to reach out to people, to develop people. That's what, that's what the action is. The action of our church is to develop people for the kingdom of God. Here's the last scripture. I want you to look at this. And this is a key because this is what you've not been doing. Matthew 17, 21. And Jesus, this is just a heads up. This is where, where uh, Jesus fed the 5,000. Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew 14, 17 through 21. No? All right, yeah, yeah, Matthew 14, 17 through 21. I got too many notes here at the end. And Jesus is sitting down. He got 5,000 people listening to him preach. Actually, 5,000 men. Not, not be counting the women and children. I'm going to use that poor English, but they didn't count the women and children. They got 5,000 men. And Jesus said, we have here, or, or I'm sorry, the disciples said, we only have five loaves and two fish. Now, wait. And Jesus said, bring them to me. And leave it right there. Jesus said, bring them to me. So he's got the five loaves and two fish. You know, one-on-one, it's easy to minister to somebody one-on-one. You know, Jesus is Lord. I'm glad you say you've been filled with God. Is there anything I can pray for you about? One-on-one. But Jesus is about to minister to 5,000. It takes organization. You know, I, I grew up in an era where they said, you preach it and they'll come. No, they won't. Because if they're not, they don't feel like it's home or nobody loves them, they'll go right back out the door. Well, I went there, but, man, it was cold. That's why you have to be anointed. You have to minister to people. And so look what Jesus, Jesus knowing what the Spirit of God's leading him to do, he starts to get organized. There are dreams in your heart that God has told you, and you haven't organized them. You had not made ready for them. And you're waiting on God. Why isn't it happening? And the Holy Spirit's saying, you haven't organized it. You haven't ready. If I'm going to fly an airplane, I better take some lessons. Because I won't have any volunteers to fly with me. See, I got to prepare. 
I'm trying to prepare our church for the multitudes that are coming. If we believe that we're in the last days and there's a revival coming, there's going to be people coming. And you got to help me disciple people. That's why we do life groups. That's why we're doing recovery. And there's life groups in the recovery. That's why you need to know what and who you are, what the Word says about you, and who you are in Christ, and what God has given you. Look at the next verse. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit in the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven and blessed and broken, and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. You know, there's another translation that said they separated them in the 50s. But you know what it didn't say? They gathered up baskets because there were 12 baskets full left over. So there was more than 12, but they gathered up baskets to hand out the food. That's called organization. If you're going to start a business, you best get organized. Get your mind dreaming about it and thinking about it. Even people who rob banks do it with a plan. Come on. If God tells you something, you've got to have a plan. I'm not trying to rebuke you. I'm trying to stir you up. Write out your dream. Put it out on a piece of paper and write out how you're going to do this. Who's going to handle the money? Because guess what? If you don't take care of the money, it'll drift right on out the doors. Because I know people that have businesses and they go, well, you know, we're short on money. We're just going to take it out the till. Now they can't buy any more produce. Now they're in a spot. Now they're behind because they just robbed from Peter to pay Paul. You got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. God wants you to have a plan. This is a story. Look at the next verse. And, and so they ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now, I've heard people preach this on giving. A little boy gave those fish, and he got 12 baskets full to take home. He fed the neighborhood, didn't he? But hear me. What's your plan? What's your plan? Come on. Use your faith. We're going, to be, we're going to be dabbling in the next two or three weeks about using your faith to receive from God. Start writing out your plan. And as we preach on faith, start putting your faith to the plan. Oh, if I do this, I can do that. If I do this, I can do that. God will show you a plan, give you a vision, and he'll open the doors and give you favor and show you what to do. If you go to a bank, they're going to want, they, want to, they want to know your plan. You say, well, I just I, I, I can't handle money. Then study money. If you have a budget, it's telling your money what to do. Instead of your money telling you what to do, ooh, I got $10. I can buy those socks. No, you don't. That money's in the budget for something else. And you're commanding that money to take care of a bill. You're commanding money to do this. You're commanding money to do that. Amen. I'm trying to help you. Use faith. Money is a tool. I don't know why I'm talking about money because money is fleeting. And if you don't manage it, it'll go right out your pocket into Walmart for a gidget that you don't even need, a back scratcher. I'm getting off. So say this with me. Say, thank God I have faith. Faith has been developed and is developing in me. So as we move forward with this, I want to stir you. We're going to be teaching you faith. And guess what? Your words have a lot to do with faith. God released his faith. Hebrews 11:2. the earth was framed by God's word 
and his faith. He had a vision. God had a vision and a plan for you. I got to say this. People say, Pastor, what's the will of God for me? What's the will of God for me? Am I supposed to be a doctor? Am I supposed to be a lawyer? Am I supposed to be an Indian chief? Am I supposed to work as a mechanic? Am I supposed to be a painter? What's the will of God? This is the will of God. The will of God is for you to do the Word of God. To put the Word of God in your mouth and to speak the Word of God and to live the Word of God. And as you begin to speak the Word of God and you walk through life and you declare who God is to you and who you are to God and you start changing the way you think on the inside, God will say, now I want you to go over here and He'll, tell, he'll open a door for you for your next step. Or He may direct you to the next step to go to back to school. It's never too late to go back. He'll direct you, but you've got to put... You've got to put it in your heart, the word in your heart, who you are, that God's going to direct you, that God's going to lead you. In Romans, it says the, the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Every one of us can expect to be led by the Spirit of God in good times and in bad. Even when you can't hear Him, know that He'll send someone to you to help you. He'll direct you. But you got to stay in His Word. I'm living for God. I'm loving for God. I'm His witness. I'm His light. I'm going to walk in righteousness. I'm right standing with God. I know who I am. And as I'm, as I'm walking around saying this in life, I drive down the street. I pray over Withville. As I drive down this, uh, this city's called by God to be saved, to be delivered, to be healed. Broken hearts healed. This city to be changed. That righteousness would prevail not only in my heart but in the city. That people who don't even know about righteousness, that their hearts would turn towards God and take that right standing. That's called intercessory. It's called being a watchman. We're all called to do that. As you drive around or drive to work, you need to be talking to God and praying over your job. I hate this job. Let God turn your heart. Because guess what? You don't want to take that hatred to the next job, do you? Because it's not the job, it's you. Because <laughs> God can use you anywhere. In prison, at your job, at the new job. I heard the CEO of a major, major corporation. They said, you'd name it, you'd know it. And he was praying he got a job opportunity. And he looked at his job that he was doing and looked at the next one. And he goes, there's more unsaved people at this job I'm working at. I'm going to stay here and be a light. I'm not leaving here because I don't have a witness. You know, I was offered more than six figures to leave the, the church I was at, the, the city I was at, and where I was living to go to Dallas for a six-figure job. And right here, I had a note. Money sounds good, but it was a note. Because God set me somewhere, planted me somewhere to train me for the kingdom of God and not to be chasing money. He met our needs. He met my needs with, with less than half that. But I had an opportunity to go make six figures, and I said no. It's not about money. It's about being led. Learn to be led. Learn to listen to God, and God will bless you. Even if you miss it, even if you miss it, God's big enough to help you clean it up and get you on the right path. It's fun. When you miss it, it's even fun. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for an increase of faith. 
I thank you, Father, for the greater measure of your love in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, Pastor Jeff. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.